What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Sean Salisbury Show. Had a fun weekend of football to talk about. A lot of fun college. Sean, I just did the numbers. We went in the six games we picked in college. We went five and one. Would one we would would we lose? Uh, we both took Arkansas plus seventeen against Bama. Oh yeah, yeah okay, so, makes sense. Yeah, I mean yeah, they I, didn't I, they, they did not play a good game. They no, were, I mean they was... they were offensively they were the, the quarterback the decisions and they just they weren't real physical in the game. I expected a little bit more out of didn't you? I thought yeah, I, I feel like just real quick talk SEC. It feels like Richardson, Levis, and and uh, KJ Jefferson have all played poorly in big games that, you know, not one of them have stepped up and really been like, I'm the guy that everybody keeps talking about. This is what I can do. Levis. We saw he put the ball on the ground, you know, made some poor throws there twice going into score. Yes. Right? Twice yeah. on their side of the field. So yeah. it just, Oh, and there's no doubt he can throw it. You got to protect the ball in those games. You're looking for your, First pick of the draft moment, if you're him, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the, that's what you're. And we're still waiting for. I mean, some guys have had a Heisman moment, but as the season goes on, Levis has been in, in some. Big, we know he can rip it, but the, the worrying about the NFL that's next year. Take care. Yeah. You got to take care of this. And Kentucky's a really good team, but you can't turn it over against another good team on the road in their zone. If you do, you're not going to win very often. Yeah, that's a game. Because the Kentucky other guy, Jackson Dart, ain't half bad either. Now he can he can throw it around a little bit too. Now. Yeah, Jackson, they're pretty good over there. So, yeah, he was definitely fun to watch. Uh, but before we get into the NFL and, and this weekend, we're all as always, we're presented by Bet Online. We sure are. And football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends on Bet Online. And if you continue or you're looking for your continued uh, source for all sports wagering, the information bet online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the latest and fastest and earliest way to bet all your favorite sports and, and events, Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, football, all of them right here on Bet Online. Uh, head to betonline. Uh, now make sure I got his betonline. Is that say ag segs? I'm trying um. to read it. And I'm making sure I got it right. It says betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV. It's B-L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V, B-L-E-A-V to res- uh, receive your rewards. It's betonline where the game starts, and it's betonline.ag.ag. Just making sure I got it right. And there you go, Segs. We got it right. We're grateful to Bet Online for all the great stuff. We always want to send them to the right uh, website. We did, and it's good to have them with us. As always. All right, Sean, let's start with the big game from Sunday night. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a magician. He played very well against a very, very good Bucks defense. But Tom Brady played, I mean, he played out of his mind, 39 of 52, 385 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. He was great. But the difference in the game, is the Kansas City Chiefs run the ball 37 times for 189 yards. That's over five yards a carry for two touchdowns. The Bucks six carries for three yards. One of them was a touchdown at least, but they had three yards rushing on the night against Can't the Chiefs, who are a decent defense, but it's not like you're talking the best defense in the league. So, 
I mean, the run game is what really let the Bucks down in this game, which was only a 10-point game. Yeah, I was actually surprised at how just it just was not – they didn't even want to make it a factor, which was a little bit odd to me. I know you got the greatest quarterback of all time, but you're also playing against a guy who some consider the best quarterback now, and it's a difficult – even you're at home. It just looked to me like they were chasing something that wasn't normal for them, Segs, meaning Tampa Bay's offense. Now, listen, Brady can throw 50 times and beat you, but the, the threat of the run disappeared early. And I know you're in a chase mode a little bit, but damn, 10-point victory. And at a time in truth when your defense that's been carrying you all season long, meaning Tampa, ran into an offense that can score and an offense that ran the hell out of the football and Mahomes didn't have to throw it 45, 50 times himself, right? And look at that game, Segs, and compared to the last, and I know we'll probably hit it, but Monday night's game, same way. The Rams couldn't run it. They yep. made no attempt to run it. The 49ers ran it, I think, 22 times, but had at least success. And remember, it's not yards usually. It's attempts. Attempts. And the 49ers' defense dismantled the Rams. And Kansas City's defense played well, but the offense – they ran the ball way too well against a Tampa defense who normally is really good against every part of your offense, and they didn't help the their defense by throw, 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 throw. Even with Brady, there's got to be a hint of the run segs, and they, it was abandoned early in the entire game, and they had no shot uh, in the run game, which made things more difficult on number 12 and the rest of the team, even though they hung in there. Yeah, and what, and what killed them by not having the run game is – the Chiefs had the ball on offense for 17 more minutes. I mean, that's going to wear even the best of defenses out, and especially when you're chasing around all those weapons and, and the way that Kansas City runs their offense, it, it's good. It's going to make for a tough night for any defense. Agree, 100. percent And it, it it just goes to show you that Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, play caller, play operator, know how. It does not matter when they're in a game there. I mean, when they play, they're always going to be in a game regardless, but I was impressed with them. The tendency to go on the road. And that would be, man, we're playing against this Tampa defense, put it in Mahomes' hand. Let's just go with him the whole time. Like the, the like you saw the, the, the uh, Buccaneers, mm-hmm. do. but they decided, you know, Edwards, Alaire got into the act. They did a lot of things. And I love that Andy Reed still quarterback sneak with a tight end. They think outside the box eggs. They do stuff that's at times unconventional, the quarterback with jump passes, that's just football stuff you don't teach, right? But they're not afraid to live dangerously, but dangerously where they know that there's a place to fall. Like, you know, you got a mat underneath. Yeah. They're not, they're willing to take that chance and know that they can pop up off the mat. And they proved that obviously right now that they can play with anybody in the ASC, but man, the way it changes. And then the NFC, we got one team that feels to me that is clearly better than others, but they struggled in the rain a little bit themselves in Philadelphia, but Tampa's going to have to get better and make a run at this thing and sew up a lot of different parts of their team because they seem to be missing on something every week. Yeah, and let's remember they got all their wide receivers back, and we saw Godwin right. have a nice game, and it's good to see him back out on the field, but uh, some things definitely to figure out for Tampa. You talked about the game last night. That was a fun game uh, for 49ers fans. If you're a Rams fan, this is what Detroit went through with Matt Stafford. Just a lot of throws. You're just kind of scratching your head. Like, what are you doing? And and it felt like even play calling of old from Detroit, where it's just like, okay, we can't run the ball. We're just going to – Stafford's chucking it. We're just, He's just going to get out there, and he just went into chuck mode. And that's what it felt like. So if you're the Rams, you're looking at this, and you're kind of like, what, what do we do from here? Because 
their big signing was Allen Robinson to kind of go with Cooper Cup. He's been a no-show. I mean, I, right. I, I watched him last it's year in Chicago. Shocking. I watched him last year in Chicago. That dude gave up on the season in week two, and you can go back and watch games. I mean, he literally was just running routes. He'd just run out of bounds. He he gave no shit about football last year, and it feels like it's kind of gone into this year. Now, I haven't watched it as close as I did when he was with the Bears, but he wasn't getting open in Chicago, and it doesn't seem like he's getting open with the Rams either because we know Stafford loves to throw the ball, and he's the type of weapon that Stafford likes. But, no, it's just been all Cooper Cup mainly. Non-existent. And I know Cup's going to show up and play. And yeah. Apparently, so does 14 Matt. catches, 100-and-something yards. But, and no touchdowns. Yep. Which you keep him out of. That's the whole thing. Now, I'll give you all the yards you want. I'll keep you out of the end zone. Then I'm going to win. And this matchup is miserable for the Rams. It always is. The 49ers have owned them during the regular season. And if they make a catch in the postseason, they're probably in the yep. Super Bowl on an interception that the guy you mentioned, Matt Stafford, Listen, I, I could have been more proud of Stafford last year with all the pressure he was under to go win a For Super sure. Bowl. But the one thing, and he did it last year, 17 or 18 pick eggs, he's going to throw you four of them at you to intercept the game. And if you don't drop another one in the end zone, 49ers have another pick last night. They got the interception for a touchdown. He, I, It's just a fact that most of the time you're going to have a chance to get multiple picks from him. It's just if you can hang on. And then he'll make multiple throws. You say, damn, that guy's got guts, right? And when they don't pay off and you don't run the football and the 49ers run it a little bit, but D'Amico's Ryan, D'Amico Ryan's defense between the way they're playing it, my man, they are as, they're as nasty as anybody where they had Bosa and Fred Warner. They got a stud everywhere, man. And they are getting after it. D'Amico looks like if this continues, he's going to be head coach somewhere next year because he is, he has done a phenomenal job in, with, with Robert Sala leaving wondering, okay, how's it going to work? Well, he's he's learned well and he's teaching well and coaching well. That 49er defense, the reason with this NFC, if Garoppolo just plays efficient and smart sags and doesn't miss open receivers when it's the easy throw with that defense, you don't need to be a hero, man. Just do what you do and be some veteran and learn from some of your past mistakes because if you don't put your defense in a bind, they can beat anybody in the NFC with the way they play. Philadelphia, maybe notwithstanding, but at some point Philadelphia is going to lose a game. Yeah, against they're going to play poorly. They, they just are, and they're playing good football now. But I don't see one dominant team that you say no shot to beat them in the NFC, and that's going to be difficult. And the 49ers are one of those teams. We've seen this movie before. They get on a run, and next thing you know, you're like 49ers in first place, six, eight, ten weeks into the season. So be careful. And the Rams, something's missing, Segs this year whether it's physicality at the line and their offensive line, you can run right by them. that's that's I think the big key. They're, they're not physical at all. That's the matchup problem. The most physical offensive lineman they got is a broadcast now in, in Whitworth. Yep. Honestly, he's the most physical guy they got. So uh, and, and when he's got a microphone and wearing a suit, you're in trouble. You can bully their offensive line. And that's what people are starting to do. And the 49ers believed it last night and it happened. Yeah. It, well, one interesting thing that I've kind of noticed from the 49ers that is kind of Mike McDaniel left. We all know went to Miami, but Debo Samuel, great game last night, you know, six catches, I think 15 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but he's not running the ball as much. He, he had a couple carries last night, but do you think at some point, maybe they're just kind of holding back on that. And, and eventually when it comes time where they really need it, then they kind of spring it on people. I fully believe it when they're fully healthy and going, 
you know, they're trying to find their way with the quarterback. And I mm-hmm. don't think they want to wear him out right now because we right. know he can carry it all over. You're trying to pres- – well, he's a, he's their best offensive player, For sure. not named George Kittle. He just is. I mean, they got – now I take that when Trent's in the game. That goes well, yeah. back to my original point, Trent Williams and Debo Samuel, the best Swiss Army, George Kittle. I mean, they've got somebody in the top three at every damn position or top four at what they do. And with Bosa and Warner on defense, so um, and their front seven. So, yeah, Sags, I think that there may be a game when he touches it 11 times, 12 times from the backfield and seven more times as a receiver, right? But if things are going good, you can get him in space. Hell, I, I believe if he was a slot receiver, wide receiver, he'd catch 100 balls for 110 balls. He, he's that good. And if you wanted to make him a running back, you'd probably rush for 1,400 yards in that system. But I think preserving him is a good way to do it. But you're not going to preserve him to the point of – losing football games and when necessary he will be especially now a bell cow for them in necessary times when they need a big play or a first down you can count on that yeah another game that uh you know it's kind of the same story we've seen from the first couple weeks baltimore gets up on a big you know in a with a big lead at what 17 nothing 20 to 3 they were up and they lose to to the buffalo bills a game that baltimore should win just like the game against miami baltimore should have won, and they can't close. And the big storyline is John Harbaugh going forward on fourth down with, what, about four minutes left to go in the game down on the two-yard line instead of taking the lead. It was a it was a tie game, 20-20, to 20, instead of kicking the field goal and, and getting up 23-20. And in my opinion, trusting your defense that you've talked about so much, he says, no, the analytics show, go for it and take the seven if you can get it. If not... Trust your defense because they're set up on the two. Well, the difference is, Sean, Lamar threw a pick in the end zone, so then it gets pushed out to the 20, and right. now we have this whole discussion. You know, it's interesting, two segs. Yeah, he threw a red, and you can't do it. And I understand if analytics tell you to do it, and that's exactly what he did. He didn't go on any part of feel or how his team was right. playing. It's pure analytics. Moment, he said it. Right, right. He read a piece of paper that said 75% of the time, you if you go for it on fourth and two or less or whatever, you're going to get mm-hmm. a touchdown or first down and 70% of the time, if you can't, I mean, whatever the analytics say, and he read a piece of paper, which while I like analytics segs, because we've talked about this in baseball and football, it's evidence. I, I understand the evidence. That's what it is. It tells you this has happened this many times. This is it. And I'm not just a field guy either because football tape study and tendencies are nothing more than analytics on third and six. They blitz you 85% of the time. Guess what you should call a man beater and beat a blitz. And if they, the other 15%, they play zone, well, then your quarterback's got to be wise enough to throw it to the open guy after they work in zone. So I get the part of it, but there's also got to be in-game feel of when to use it and when not to. And the, the situation of the football game. And his team has proven this year against good teams, they can't close. He's partially responsible for it. Players on the field are responsible for it. Can't throw picks down there. So... John read a piece of paper and didn't go with what John usually goes by, and that's just a gut and study the analytics, but how your team's playing in-game. I mean, you're not going to – if if your quarterback's missed 14 throws in a row, you're probably not going to go for it on fourth and five and throw, right? I'm talking about in any situation. Mm-hmm. But if he's 14 out of 17 and he's on a roll and hot with 12 in a row, hell, put the ball in his hand and let's deal. So, yeah, I, I thought that it was a coaching mistake. And for whatever reason, he made it. I understand analytics, but you can't just read a piece of paper. If that's the case, then we'll just play Xbox. And John knows that. And you can't give good teams like Buffalo as many opportunities you give them. When they do, 
a good quarterback and a good team will find a way to get it done. And they did. Yeah. It's uh it's interesting because, you know, I, I keep watching this Buffalo team and it's the same thing as years past. They don't have that running back that they fully trust. Devin Singletary ran the ball 11 times, Zach Moss three times, Josh Allen 11 times. So Allen's running just as much as the running backs. They took uh, Dalvin Cook's little brother in uh, the draft this year. Well, he's had fumble problems immediately coming in, and so he's kind of been in the doghouse, but he didn't. he's not even seeing the field. And do you have any concerns about Buffalo with kind of what we've seen against Miami um, offensively and now what we saw against Baltimore offensively? Because this is a team at the beginning of the year that just looked like they were not going to be kind of like the Chiefs looked a few years back where right. it was just like, holy shit, there's no stopping right. this team. And we know they have that in them. I mean, they'll, they're, they're going to hit, they're going to score 40 or 50 on somebody a couple times this year. But Segs, over the long haul, the, the burden to bear for great players at quarterback where you just say, no problem, he'll bail us out, become a problem. I don't want my quarterback as my leading rusher each week. I just don't. I, I honestly don't, especially when I'm a Super Bowl caliber team and the value of him. I, I'm sitting here watching this team and I'm thinking, what would you be willing to give up to find a way to make a trade? And I'm thinking about backs that may be available, segs that are coming up on mm-hmm. a contract that may that you start to think, you know, I, I, I've run it through my head with that team because they're literally now I know they'd love to have Hyde fully healthy and that. Yeah. I, I get it. Micah Hyde in the secondary. But their offense is good enough to overcome because they're still a good defense, even without Micah Hyde and Tredavious White. But they'd be better with two starters. Um, but I, I sit here and wonder, and maybe it's too soon for me to be thinking this, but I'm wondering what team has, okay, start to think about people that have won SEGS that you say, would you be willing to part? Is McCaffrey, who gets banged up a lot, worth it to you? Would you be willing to give up something for McCaffrey? If uh, yeah, Carolina I guess it would just depend. going to get a new coach next year. Yes. You know, they're, they're, if this keeps up, they're going to have a new coach, and they're probably going to clear some house and some salary. Is his money worth what he could do in an offense like that with Josh Allen and just his threat alone is McCaffrey possible. Um, the Giants aren't going to move Saquon Barkley, no, right? The way he's, I don't think way, so. Right? Okay. What about, what about with the Dallas Cowboys part with Pollard or Elliot just for the threat? Right. Probably yes. Not, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, they guys. would, they would part with Elliot, I for think right in a price, second, right? but right. Baltimore or, or not Baltimore Buffalo, I don't think would touch them. Let me throw a name. I'm not at standing you. in line for, I'm no. not standing in line for Ezekiel Elliott. You are you? No, not at all. I don't yeah, want him on right. my team. Right. Period. I don't care if I, you know, unless you can guarantee me, which you can't, that I'm going to win a Super Bowl with him, then, then well, I would take the deal. But, no, right. right. But let me throw this guy at you. The contract's coming up. He's on a very bad team, and they should be looking to move him. That's David Montgomery with the Bears. He's off to a good start. Got injured. Has an ankle injury right now, but is supposed to be back here maybe this week, maybe the following week. And then we're getting close to the trade deadline. He's a guy that's young. He can, you know, he's good between the tackles. Yeah. They're worth a third rounder. Yeah. I mean, hell, if you're the Bears, I think, yeah, you're probably taking less if if they offer it. You know, if you're offering a fourth, they would take it. And I think in a heartbeat. So, I mean, he's a guy that makes sense and is on a team that, you know, isn't going anywhere, should be accumulating draft picks and not trading them away for anybody um, unless it makes sense. But, to me, that's the type of trade that if you're Buffalo, because he's not coming in, taking up a ton of cap space. Hell, if you want to keep him, because you're thinking 
Moss is no good. We've tried for years with him. He's not the guy. Uh, we don't know about Cook, so we're going to still bring in another back. And Singletary's a third. He's a third down guy. He's not a first and second down running Bell back. We've Cal seen back. it for years. Right. Yeah, he's he's a guy that catches the ball out of the backfield. So to me, Montgomery makes total sense, and he's not going to cost you a ton if you want to keep right. him for a couple years after I this. I think they have to eyeball that trade deadline stuff if it doesn't get better. I do. Even just for the mere threat of having a guy that, that teams have to respect, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think you have to. And backs will move. We, we, we know that they're, they'll be willing to move. So mm-hmm. um, I'm just curious of what direction they go. Because if you're Buffalo, you got to be thinking, window, we have got now. to. Yeah. Yeah. We are in a perfect position to go win this thing with this guy and this team and these receivers and this coaching staff. If it costs you, if you even have to overpay a little bit at the trade deadline, probably worth it to you. Really yeah. is probably worth it to you. Yeah, I and agree. it's going to be interesting as we get close to see kind of what teams fall off because, you know, we're talking about the Bears trading Montgomery. They also have Robert Quinn, who will also most likely, unless he's hurt, be traded. And that's, you know, that's the type of position. If you're a Super Bowl-worthy team, even if you think you have two guys, you bring in a third like him, just to, you know, Agreed. flex the position that's maybe top three importance in football, maybe top oh, two. I don't, so, oh, yeah, oh, I can make the argument that a disruptor is at the top of that list, not named quarterback. Right. Exactly. Like, look what it's look what it's doing in places. Look what the Dallas Cowboys are doing with their guy. Mm-hmm. Parsons. Look what you saw Bosa do last night. I mean, when you wreck people, dude, when you can wreck the edge, forget it, man. And if it's an interior guy, more more power to you. But when you got that guy, I, I I to me it's become the two things I'm starting to franchise with now. Receivers even in this league we're in now, that dominant wide receivers creeped up from the yeah. you know what I'm saying you say give me four good that one dominant guy because we throw the ball so much in the league. But I'm starting with the guy under center, and the guy you can't block. The, the guy under center sure. and the guy, and you know, you're probably starting to, if you're starting with anybody, you're saying, well, I'll take that guy up in Buffalo and that guy in Dallas. And I, if you're starting franchise, you're like, and that's sure. a hell of a way to start. So we'll see. Yeah. Or, the kid, uh, or, or, or Mahomes, but the edge rush are fine. And that dude who can do whatever he, you just can't block and he can play in space. He can play when you got your arms locked to him. Cause he's physical enough, even though you may outweigh him. Those, those cats are hard to come by. You're exactly right. Uh, how about uh, Kenny Pickett? is now the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think, you know, I, I definitely said it. I know some others that have said it. Mitch Trubisky wasn't going to last five weeks in this season, and, and here we are heading into week five, and it's Kenny Pickett's job. And he came in and give him, him Tomlin, the offensive coordinator, give everybody credit. They let him sling it. He went out there. He threw three picks. Not all of them were on him. And Oh, you know, well. He, yeah. yeah. Oh well. That, hey, he's a young player. Let him throw the ball. Let him learn from mistakes. Right. This is this is a lost year for the Steelers. So Let him learn. In next, right. So when you go in next year, he's got some experience. That oh, right. I threw twenty picks, and I, I I know where not to throw it now. That's okay. It's okay, especially if you know he's mentally tough enough to handle it. That's what you. The truth is, that's what I'm finding out this year. That's what you're going to need yeah. to find out. I know he can throw it, but is he mentally tough enough to one handle bad stuff? And how's he handle success in his preparation the following week? So, and he'll have both, but I'm, I'm with you. Listen, when people say, why didn't he start from the beginning? Because you went and got Trubisky. You want to know if is he Chicago Bears Trubisky or is he Brian Dable where they said, ooh, this is a great backup. Let's he wait. Learned he can some start stuff. again. Right. Okay. So you, you preseason's preseason. 
you had to find out if Mitch Trubisky was going to be a guy who could carry your team and live up to being the second pick of the draft or be a guy who will last in the league a dozen years, mm-hmm. being a backup and a starter, who give you some good game as a changeup, but doesn't sustain, like, he can't carry a team, whether Pickett can or not. You drafted Kenny Pickett for a reason. You had to see a month you gave him, nothing changed. Miss throws, make throws, which has been his career. Yep. And now you say, we got to make a change. And now I'm living with it. When somebody asked me today earlier, well, how how long do you give Kenny Pickett? Why didn't you start him? I said, listen, Pickett's playing through all of this. Yes. That, I'm going to let him. It's his job. He is, he is going to get through crap. He's going to deal with it. He's going to get hit in the mouth. He's going to have to go into the – get booed. He's going to have to go into the film room after a bad day and say, you know what, I can't do that. Then he's going to go in after a good day where he throws for 385 and has a big game and like, okay. And he's going to have to it, – it's going to be – he's going to trudge through it, man. And if I'm Mike Tomlin, you keep running his ass out there. Right? Yeah. You're, you're back. Hey, you keep going, dude. Come on, dude. We're going to build this, and we're going to be all right. Just keep on going. And take some shots. Be a little – as the season goes on, you start to see progress of decision-making. I ain't worried about his feelings. If you, if you thought he was sensitive, you don't. You, you shouldn't have drafted him in the first round, which is, I've always told you is my feeling. So it had to be. Now's the time. The season's not over yet. They're not very good. You're not. You're not a championship caliber team by any stretch of the imagination. So why not let him learn with this group and let them gain a believability in him? It was time. It had to happen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're a quarter of the way through the season now. I think we've we've talked a lot over the last few weeks about the really good teams in football. We know who they are. We know what ch- could and should happen, you know, amongst those teams. Who are your biggest disappointments? I know we have your Raiders finally get their first win. We have the Texans who have still they're still a disappointment though. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, the Raiders. Are, yeah, they're still they're not doing much pretty. You know what I'm no, saying? Ran nothing. the ball, ran yep. the ball, and they physically managed. They actually dominated the the front. They they pushed Denver around a little bit, yeah. which which was finally right. But they still got a lot to go. And you just mentioned another one, the Denver Broncos. That's got to be one of the bigger disappointments. Their offensive disappointment. I'll tell you why they're even more disappointing, because they brought in a two hundred fifty million dollar quarterback that they signed, and and expected with. And they've got personnel. They've got some yeah. players, and they're floundering around like they ain't never played football before offensively a lot of the time. So. I think they're a major disappointment. Raiders and, overall. Yeah. The te- that I was going to say the Texans to me. Listen, I didn't. They were they weren't going to win eight games, Segs. No. But just the way they're playing, it's like there's got to be a change of energy of learning. How they, they don't know how to win. So here it's disappointing. Expected, but I expected at least a little more closing ability and the ability when you have leads and they've been in three of the four games. Um, so they're a disappointment. Um, I'm trying to think the Cowboys offense, but Cooper Rush is doing a really good job of being efficient enough. The defense is carrying them uh, through. I need more explosiveness out of the 49ers, but their defense, again, carrying them. 49ers, Cowboys defenses, they're the ones who are going to keep their team alive unless Dak comes back in and is is 5,000-yard passing type Dak. Uh, The Saints uh, and Winston, I know Dalton played. They're they're a major disappointment. I had them as a playoff team, and their offense is just – I know they had some injuries last week, but that's that's part of football. Hey, exactly. And I think and the and the Packers' offense, even though they're three and one, they can't sustain this, as Aaron Rodgers said. And they go, the the Buccaneers' offense. I mean, you look around, say with some good players, some of these teams are floundering. And defenses, in my opinion, overall, are way ahead for the most part with these good teams 
than even the stud quarterback teams. Defenses are doing something. I mean, they've elevated. Now, that's usually the case early in the season. We'll see if it continues, but there's a lot of disappointment. I think there's probably more disappointment to me on good teams than, than, than oh, thumbs up on the good teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether it's an individual or whether it's a unit or a group or a side of the football. And I think on some of the teams, awards, Jacksonville has impressed me. I like the fact that the Giants, they're 3-1. and one. You may yeah. not think they can beat anybody, but they're still winning. Your record's 3-1. and one. I, I think the Vikings have shown some closing skill a little bit. And their person, they've they been should, up and down. The Vikings should be. Yes, they have. That, well, that's typical. Win one yep. late, beat the, kick the Packers' ass. Kirk Cousins. And then what are you doing? Then, then the next week. And then this week, Cousins makes a clutch throw down the sideline to get one on one against Lattimore. In the, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So they're all over. But, and I'm going to tell you, Sags, even though they lost, I love Dan Campbell's approach to football. I do. I, I, I honest <laughs> to God, do. I do. And those poor guys keep getting beat close game at the end. They fight back. They you score all these points. Point, they do. They could have a 40 point lead against them. And it could be, you could like turn it on. It's 49 to 14 with a quarter and a half to go. And you'll look up and you'll say, how did I lose on the backdoor cover? They scored 35 unanswered points. That's them, dude. That is them. So they've impressive. scored, they've scored the most points and given up the most points combined in NFL history through four weeks. I mean, Unbelievable! You can't. It's, like, it epitomizes who they are. If you're Dan Campbell, it's maddening. You want to your head's going to explode. My favorite thing is right. because you know, being a Bears fan, I, I follow a lot of the the NFC North and and follow these teams, and it's amazing to me how many Lions. I don't want to say beat writers because it's not the beat writers, but personalities around the team, Twitter guys, you know, people that really don't know what they're talking about, but you, you still see a lot of it. Blame Aiden Hutchinson for the defensive struggles. It's all his, his fault. fault. He leads the all rookies in pressures. He's at like 19 pressures through fault, four games. Six. It's his Did fault. You know that? Yeah. Just like Dusty Baker in Houston. Some of the Astros Twitter. When they when Dusty yep. puts the lineup card up, their heads explode. It's... They go score seven runs. They've, they've only won like 105, whatever it is. Right. The number one seed. But that lineup card, and when a guy – when a guy swings and misses or gets called a third strike, you know, it's, it's Dusty. Dusty's yeah. got to be. He's not A.J. Hinch. That's what they it's say. Just... And I laugh because I love Dusty. And so right. you're right. They, they, it's selective criticism. It's got to be Hutchinson's fault because he can tackle 11 people at once. Right. Right. That's it. That I actually think he's one of the bright spots on defense for them to be on. I think he's going to be. Yeah, a hell he of has a player. been for sure. I do. I think he's been good, but yeah, they can score on you. But if you blink and you're playing the Lions, they're going to score like 28 points. Yeah, they're like a Big 12 offense. It's, exactly, they that's score, what they are. They can yep. run it. They're Big 12. Yep. Yep. Uh, switching over real fast to the college game. Just got a couple minutes left here. Georgia, two straight weeks. They look human. Now they lose Jalen Carter for a couple weeks. The big defensive tackle. I mean, they squeaked that one out at Mizzou. And, you know, I, I keep seeing people trying to say, well, it's the SEC. No, this is Missouri. Missouri's a bad football team. Missouri's not good. Missouri has not been good in a while. Stop trying to tell me SEC football. No, this is a this was a bad game by Georgia. And because they have so much more talent, they still barely won the game. Yep. And I probably would put Alabama ahead of Georgia now this week. Yeah. And, and they did on the AP. Oh, did they? Okay. Yep. I didn't even see. I, yep. I, I did Alabama not even went see to one so and Georgia went to I, two. I, I would, I would have put him there too. Say, I'm going to have a little, a little, you're, you're 100% correct. I'm going to have a little different approach to this. First off, it felt like they came in there thinking, oh, come on. 
Right. We just can show up and this is this is Missouri. Yeah. We're kicking their ass, right? And they got punched in the face. It's like you know how when you wake up in the morning and you get in this, like a cold shower, you're like, whoa, I yeah. thought it was supposed to be warm. Somebody turned the yeah, hot yeah, cold yeah. water on. That's what it was like. It's like what and it took them forever. If Missouri just gets a couple more first downs late, they can win the game. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. Sags, so I'm gonna tell you why in winning and it looked like they were losing and it was a bad look and they played kind of sluggish the last two weeks but i'm going to tell you why you better be on call i know how kirby smart is this may end up being now we'll keep an eye remember this date keep an eye on how they respond because this may end up being the best wake-up call they could imagine yeah because you've been pushed you know the week before and then this one you're like what the hell I almost think it's like I expect a big-time response from them. I think in the long run, this is going to prove to be a turning point for their season where they get back to normal and play better because I think they started to believe how good they were. And I I understand, but because they're kids for the most part, you know, they're young. Mm -hmm. But I I think this is going to be – and I I would imagine Kirby, like Nick, would probably – there's probably been a real rough week of practice for Georgia. You know what I mean? Maybe the best thing that they were able to come out of this with a win while they pissed down their leg and were fortunate this past week. Yeah. Let me throw one more thing at you. Paul Christ out at Wisconsin. Is this immediately the best job available? Uh, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll yeah. run through the list. It's Arizona State, Colorado, Georgia Tech, Nebraska, UAB, and Wisconsin. Some good ones. Colorado's fun, but that's tough. They used to, I mean, that used to be a great place to recruit, yeah. right, Sigs? They did. Uh, well, for living purposes, for you and I, I'll take I'll take the Arizona State job. You right, come for on, sure. Go. <laughs> yeah, I'm all in in the Tempe Scottsdale area. Uh, Nebraska, obviously, still open. Right, Sex. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as interim status, right? That's a good one because it's a blue blood program. But boy, do they got to recruit better. But they were heavy into the transfer portal. It is Wisconsin, and think about how thankless a job it is. Other than the big money, and you get to be around kids. That guy wins nine games a year. They're usually in the hunt. They have a down season. And they're running him out. Yeah. I mean, it, it is thankless because in truth, it, guys that win like that should keep their jobs for a long time, right? Because the Big Ten's tough and there's great competition. Paul will land a job mm-hmm. depending on when he wants to go. Paul Chris is a good football coach, but it just got a little sluggish. The thing that has bothered me for a while, Sags, is the quarterback position, wondering when they're going to get a guy. They get guys, but I'm talking about when you say you stole the better, the coach was able to recruit away the best guy in Florida to go because he loved, he grew up as a Wisconsin mm-hmm. fan where you win and throwing it sometimes. Cause if they're not running it, they're not winning period. Right. And I think that's the, the, with the way college football is now, you got to throw it. Look what you guys have done, run it and throw it with McCarthy at Michigan. I, th- I think that Paul Chris probably deserved better, but I do understand because they felt a bit stagnant sags. And especially at that position. Yeah. Jim Leonard takes over as the uh, interim and, He's going to yeah, get I'd all the chance. Defensive, yeah, I'd yeah. hire him as a defensive coordinator if I was a head coach in a second. Yeah, it, a I, I still think he's going to be the one that ends up with the job in the end. Yep. So I don't blame him because I think you know he's got he's a youthful exuberance and he's a he's aggressive. I think you'll see his offense play like his defense does. Sags getting after quarterbacks yes. and having his quarterback do it too. Great stuff. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Sean Salisbury Show. As always, we're pre- presented by Bet Online. We'll talk to you later this week. We've got more football to talk about. Can't wait, brother. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.